looking at the last section of Psalm 123, the last section, verses 19 to 24. 19 to 24. Let me read it for you. If only you, God, will kill the wicked. Get away from me, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Yahweh, don't I hate those who hate you? Am I not grieved with those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, if you notice, uh, the earlier three sections were sections that spoke about the all-knowing God, the ever-present God, the all-powerful God. Here, this section is speaking about the holiness of God. But when the psalmist is speaking about the holiness of God, that seems to be like a, a little jump from uh, what the tone that he has been speaking so far into now when he says, you know, I want to get angry with all these people who are angry with you. Okay. Now, why is that so? Why is that so? Why is there you know, a shift, if you were to say, to his feelings, shift to his uh, emotions at this particular stage? Now, we must understand that another context, if you really study this, would be that the psalmist here has been through a lot of pain, has gone through situations in his life when his enemies have been attacking him. Maybe he was you know, persecuted by his uh, political enemies, or maybe individuals who were you know, speaking against him, and maybe speaking against the Lord also, okay? And he has been in this situation where he has this problem of people mistreating him. And there's been a lot of anxiety and stress in his life. Now, you may ask me, but uh, now, didn't he start off so well? Why suddenly he is now coming to this? Okay. Now, we must understand when we are coming before God in prayer, it is you know, as the Lord himself taught us you know, on how to pray. We start off addressing God for who He is, okay? And then we speak to Him about our needs. So this psalm is also giving us a, a, a pattern, if you were to say, of how we should be praying. Yes, we are going through situations in life. Yes, there are stresses in life. But how do we pray? Do we jump to that and say, Lord, I'm going through all this situation? Or do we start out seeing God for who He really is? And then when we are, once we are able to see God for who He really is, then we would be able to see things also from the right perspective. That's how he ends this whole psalm by saying, Search me, O God. He started off by saying, Lord, you have searched me. At the end of the psalm, he also says, Search me, O God. So this evening, as we are looking at this uh, in the last closing section of this psalm, I want us to focus our attention on our prayer life. When we go through situations in life, do we follow the pattern that the Lord himself has given to us and also in the psalm that is given, when we focus our attention on who God is, the fact that he knows everything, 
when we go through a situation that will also help us uh, our minds to be at rest when we know that he is everywhere when we go through situations concerns about the future then again we know that he is going to be there so focusing our attention on the positive goodness of god the character of god would help us to see things from the right perspective okay so in this section final section when he is speaking about the holiness of god he is speaking primarily about two major concerns one is that holiness means living apart from the wicked holiness means living apart from the wicked and then that is from verses 19 20 21 and 22 and verses 23 and 24 speaks about holiness means living openly before god so when he recognizes who god is okay and he looks around at the world and he looks around at the people who have been putting him in in a different different troubles his reaction to them in the light of the goodness and the holiness of god is lord when i think of these individuals i want to make sure that i'm not going to live like them i'm going to live separated from them different from them lord help me to be holy not like these individuals because i know you are a holy god so that is how this psalm is ending okay so let's look at verses 19 and 20 to 22 which speaks about holiness means living apart from the wicked now because god knows everything he has spoken about that in the previous verses he is also the perfect judge he is also the perfect judge so yes you are going through injustice the lord knows everything he is the perfect judge okay so pour out your frustrations before him <coughs> ecclesiastes 12:14 ecclesiastes 12:14 tells us for god will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil whether good or evil so when he looks at the wicked people around him his blood boils in that sense thinking god these guys are so corrupted when i think of you you are so holy how can you stand them and if i am with you if i am your friend then i must have that same attitude to these individuals so he says you know if only you would slay the wicked away from me you bloodthirsty men so that is his you know gut reaction recognizing who god is if he had not come to that understanding then he would have said okay that's what life is all about and let me also be like them then i'll be able to have things comfortable here on earth but once he has understood who god is that he is a holy god he is a just god he is a righteous god then he recognizes hey i have to be different as his child i have to be different i cannot do what they are doing and god if you are a holy god you are definitely going to punish them punish them so he says away from me don't tempt me don't come anywhere near me don't allah na make me in any way prone to wanting to behave like you are behaving and then in verses na 20 onwards na he speaks about na different characteristics of their wickedness verse 19 says if only you god will slay the wicked away from me 
you bloodthirsty men. And from 1920 and 21, he speaks about five characteristics of the wicked. Five characteristics of the wicked. Verse 19 speaks about they are murderers. They are murderers. Verse 20 speaks about they speak wickedly and they take God's name in vain. Verse 21 speaks about they hate God. They rise up against God. So, he looks at these individuals who are pagans, who are unbelievers, who hate God, who rise up against God, who speak against God, who take God's name in vain, who are murderers. You know, and as a result, he has, if you were to say, a righteous indignation in him. And that's the thought over here. The righteous indignation, righteous anger would come only in those individuals who have a close relationship with God, who know God in all his intimacy. It's like if someone is your close personal friend and somebody says something against that friend, you are going to be upset. If you were just a stranger and somebody said anything against that person, you're not going to be that upset. Okay. So a person who has a close relationship, anyone saying anything against that person, you're going to be upset. And that's what the psalmist is expressing over here. He says, Lord, these guys are such corrupted people. And when I think about them, when I look at them, then there is no love that is flowing inside me. There is only anger and hatred. Now, a question immediately would arise over here. But doesn't the Bible say that we must love our enemies? Doesn't the Bible say that we must do good to them? Yes, definitely. Okay. But when you're thinking about love, love is not just a sentimental feeling. You know, it is wrong to think that Christians should not hate anything. Definitely, the scripture speaks about hating sin, hating sin. And R.C. Sproul, and I explains it across this way, when he speaks about a, a perfect hatred, you know, don't I hate them with a perfect hatred? So he writes and says, if there is such a thing as perfect hatred, it would mirror and reflect the righteousness of God. It would be perfect to the extent that it excluded sinful attitudes of malice, envy, bitterness, and other attitudes we normally associate with human hatred. In this sense, a perfect hatred could be deemed compatible with a love for one's enemies. One who hates his enemy with a perfect hatred is still called to act in a loving and righteous manner toward him. What does it mean basically? Yes, you can have a perfect hatred without the sinful attitudes of malice, envy, bitterness and all the other attitudes. In other words, you are hating the response of these people. Spoken about who God is. His majesty, his power, his preeminence. And then you look at these individuals who have a, I don't care anything about this God attitude. Then you're saying, how can these people have such an attitude? So it's a question of, you, know, you are upset. You are hating the sin that they are doing, the relationship that they do not want to have with God. And then the psalmist response is, Lord, I don't want to be like them. I want to live a life that is showing forth that I'm living apart from the wicked, staying undefiled from sin, but still I'm going to reach out to them so that they understand 
who you really are. And that should be our response, okay? Because this is the psalmist's righteous indignation, okay? Although hate can refer to emotion of feeling, hating does not connote a negative emotion, but instead a lack of relationship, saying, I want to have nothing to do with them. I don't want them to influence me, but I'm going to make sure that definitely my love for them would motivate them to change, would motivate them to see the difference, okay? So that is his whole emphasis. Holiness means living apart from the wicked. And this evening, we must ask ourselves, it is good, the previous verses, when we speak about the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, but this aspect is also true, that he is a holy God. There is going to be justice. He is going to come as the judge. And an individual who has not responded to him, an individual who is living in a, a life separated from God, doing their own thing, God's judgment is definitely going to come upon them. And if a person thinks, you know, hey, they are getting away with it, so I can also get away with it, the psalmist is cautioning us and saying, hey, don't have that attitude. Have the attitude of a righteous and a, and a indignation, a righteous anger against what they are doing, so that you would not be drawn into doing what they are doing and be separated from God. This is why, and the closing last two verses, when, you know, the psalmist thinks about these individuals and their final judgment, what God is going to do. He asks the Lord, Lord, you search me, you search me. Lord, make sure that I don't come into that category, that I don't also slip up you know, and fall among the wicked. Lord, I know you're a holy God. Judgment is going to come. So you search me. So holiness means living openly before God living openly before God. And if you notice in these last two verses, there are two couplets that you know, the psalmist uses or four verbs that he uses. You know. He says, search me and try me. That's verse 23. And see me and lead me. See me and lead me. So he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, okay? Now, this is why he's making his uh, plea before God, his petition before God. He says, Lord, this is what I'm going through. I know who you are, but if there's any anxious thoughts in my mind, if there are any worries in my mind, if there are any fears of being mistreated by others in my mind, if there are any anxieties of the threat that is posed by the enemies that are troubling me, Lord, if there are any of these things which show my distrust of you, that's the anxious thought that he is speaking about. He says, Lord, you check me out, okay? The word that's used there for search is the same word that is used in verse 1. And when he's speaking about try me also, it's not put me to the test, it's more of an examine me, Lord. Lord, check me out. Put your search light into my life and find out if there's any anxiety in me. If I've stopped trusting you, looking at these wicked people and how they seem to be surviving and thriving, Lord, you search me. Have I changed my attitudes to who you are and become complacent in my faith? Or do I still hold on to you? Lord, you search me. That is the prayer 
that he is making. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know again, you know, that intimacy. The same aspect that he has spoken, spoken about in the first verse. Lord, you have searched me. You know all about me. He says, Lord, I am an open book. And that should be our prayer. Okay? Our prayer is not speaking about judgment for those individuals. That is not the emphasis. Our prayer is primarily speaking about, Lord, help me to make sure, knowing that this is what the judgment is going to be for them, help me to be careful that I don't become like them, that I'm not a part of them, that I would live a separated life. And in order to live a separated life, Lord, this is my heart's cry, that you would indeed put your searchlight, check it out. Because at times in our own lives, we can have an attitude with things that everything is pretty okay with me. But if we ask God, if we are really you know, willing to ask God, Lord, expose my inner life, expose my inner life, search me, show me. And then when God speaks to us, then he says, you know, lead me in the way everlasting. If there's anything that is hurtful to you, anything that is offending you, Anything that, you know, when I think about who you are, you know, and, you know, who I am, if there's anything about me that will upset you and hurt you in any way, Lord, I don't want to do that. I want to be an individual who pleases you in everything that I do. John Calvin wisely wrote, It is certain that man never achieves a clear knowledge of himself unless he has first looked upon God's face and then descends from contemplating him to scrutinizing him, scrutinizing himself. Let me read that again. It is certain that man never achieves a clear knowledge of himself unless he has first looked upon God's face and then descends from contemplating him to scrutinize himself. If he had started out with some, with the wicked people around, he would have ended up thinking, hey, I'm better than those guys. No, no. But once he has now started off the psalm, recognizing who God is, recognize the reality of the evil men around him, then he acknowledges and say, Lord, you search me. This evening, let's ask ourselves, how is our relationship with God? How is our relationship with God? Is it an open book? Can we honestly pray, Lord, you search my heart? Can we honestly tell the Lord this evening, Lord, I'm inviting you to show my sin, to show my defects, to show my weaknesses. Oftentimes we can be in a, in a, a denial. We can look at others and say, I'm better than so-and-so, so I'm good enough, or it's not that bad. Enough. We tend to minimize the issue. But if we are willing, even this evening, in the light of the psalm of who God is, if he can make this prayer, even this evening, and say, Lord, you search me, you know my heart, you try me, you know my anxious thoughts. And if there is any offensive way in me, if there's anything that is upsetting you, Lord, you show it to me. And then, if I'm on the wrong path, if I'm tending to go on the wrong side, you lead me, you correct me, you bring me onto the way that leads to eternal life. If this is our prayer this evening, I believe our lives would be different. If we had started the psalm with these uh, verses, the psalm would have been different. The psalmist's prayer life would have been different. Yes, we do go through situations in life. 
but let us always learn to focus our attention on who God is. The more we spend our time concentrating on who he is, the more we will be able to see things in the true state. The more we will be able to see things in our own life, the true state, the more we will be able to see things in the world around us also in the true state. And then we will be able to see, hey, things are not in chaos. God is still in control and we can continue to trust in him. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.